welcome back to another week. I'm Ryan. And I'm Casey. And this is I Kid You Not. All we do is work, work, work. Yeah, sometimes it feels like that, right? It definitely does. It goes by and you're like, where did the time even go? I mean, no one told me that growing up, that my life as an adult would be spent, like, primarily working. I thought there'd be a lot more fun. You really got to enjoy those younger years of no responsibility. (laughs) Right? Oh, speaking of, how was your week? How did things go for you this week? My week? I feel like this week flew by. It just went by really fast. Um, I went on a date. And we went to Refinery Hotel. Uh, The weather was so nice this week, so or the last two days. So we wanted to go on the rooftop, but it was packed. There was a line. So we wound up going to the lobby, and they had live jazz, and the bartender was a vibe. So it just made it a really cool experience. Okay, Um, I love that. They had delicious rosé. And then I got the mac and cheese with with bacon. And um, someone ordered it behind me, and I just immediately had to order it. Uh, I was starving. So it was great. We had a really great time. That's great. I am definitely the type of person who will be at a restaurant, and if someone at a table next to me is eating something delicious, I'm like, what is that? And then I'm ordering it. So I love that you did that, that that inspired your meal. I love looking at people's food. (laughs) It It really does make you want to order. I won't even, like, if I'm out to dinner, I won't even order the same thing as someone else at the table because I also like to share. So if someone else is eating something, I'll be like, well, why don't we, why don't you get that on with this and we can share? Well, that's what we did. We actually got the mac and cheese and fried calamari and we shared it. Um, So I love it. You need need a smorgasbord of options. You know, you just gotta. Definitely. And on a first date, you guys were just feeling each other out. So. That makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. I love that it was packed, though. It feels like people are trying to get that last bit of, you know, summer in. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I haven't, everyone talks about it, and I haven't been up there yet. So I was, ugh. But oh. the, the bartender was great. His name is Matthew. So if anyone goes, that's your man. He's the Matthew best. Matthew Refinery. We're looking for sponsors, Matthew. Just <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how was your week? Um, my week was a little crazy. I had, um, you know, last weekend I went out for my cousin's husband's 40th birthday, which was a lot of fun. Um, but it's interesting. I ran into people that we went to high school with there who were maybe a couple of years younger than us. I think like three years younger than us. Um, it's interesting when you run into people you haven't seen in a long time. One of them, I was so happy to see. I was, we were like embracing, like we were long lost cousins or something. So happy to see, and we had a great time together. Um, the others, I was less excited to see, <laughs> but I had a lovely time with my cousin and her husband and his friends. It was good to see all of them. So yeah, I had a. I mean, I was definitely tired throughout the week. It's weird, like you go out one Saturday and that's it. You're uh, you're out for you're catching up on your sleep for the rest of the week, but oh yeah, yeah. I, there, you used to bounce back at every the next day. You bounced back for a I long know. while. I mean, it started off one day I needed it, two, three. Now it's you know the week, but you used to really be able to rally and go for it. Um, so that's so it's so funny now that you say that. Yeah, I I have no rally. another amazing thing that happened for me this week I did some of my online shopping and I got new jeans which I've been dreading ordering because I so I typically shop express jeans because they fit me like they're the one pair of jeans I feel like we've talked about this before where a lot of times what happens to me because my butt is larger and my hips are larger <laughs> than my waist and I'm also short, I it's really hard for me to find a jean that doesn't either require taking in at the waist or a yeah. significant hem at the bottom. If I if I get my size jean in a regular, not a short or a long, then it typically fits me perfectly. Wow. 
But yeah, so getting, I got my new jeans and they came and three pairs of jeans and they all fit perfectly. And I can't remember the last time that happened where I actually ordered clothes and liked every single thing that came. Um, yeah, no. To be honest, I find jeans so hard to shop for and I've been looking and I used to, because I was in fashion, you, I used to get discounts all the time based on, you Ooh. know, where I worked and what stores I worked in. And, um, and I used to love frame. I loved those jeans. I still love those jeans, oh. but they're very pricey. So I've been trying to find a brand that would work and, you know, feel comfortable in. So maybe I should try Express because I also have the same issue with the butt and the waist yes. and always having to take the waist in or just always knowing there's going to be extra, um, like a little gap there. Um, yes. Um. Give it a shot. You never know. Never know. I also did shopping this week. Sephora Ooh. had Sephora had a sale, and um, I did. I got some of my basics. I got a couple of new things, and I wound up keeping it all. Also, and I never do that. I always wind up having to return whether it's a color match or the blush doesn't show up or something's not right. And um, yeah, I wound up, I, I got, I got lucky. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out and, and learn these new techniques that all these girls are doing. And um, so, yeah, so we're, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see it on here. Yes. As <laughs> the we transformation. Casey, Casey coming in each week with a different eye and a different lip will know she's hard at work over there. <laughs> All right. Between us, you know, we've probably both been working now for what, like at least over a decade in a professional sense. I've been working, if you, if you count babysitting, I've been working since I'm like 14. So I think I was 15 when I started working in boutiques um, in, really? our, in our town. So what's 15? What grade is that? 15 is like 10th grade, probably. 10th, yeah. 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 Wow, good for you. I started babysitting super young. I used to babysit one of our, like, good guy friends, his younger sister. And then, you know, you get, once you're in the babysitting circuit, that's how you get all your gigs, you know? Well, I did, I did babysit a little bit. I had two repeat children for, like, two years that I knew from camp that I was watching their kids, but, um. Oh, camp's a good way to get in. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good and way also, to break into the babysitter circuit. And also, I uh, was a lifeguard. So um, I taught kids from three and up. And that's also how I got my... Uh, Super cool. Yeah. So you taught swim lessons? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. my certification. My water safety certification. I didn't know that about <laughs> you. Yeah, I... it was actually the best. It was the best gig. I That was half an hour, $30 for a half an hour. And you could have... Um, before camp or after camp. So you could have one kid before camp and then you could have two to three kids after camp. And it, it, it was really lucrative back in the yeah. day. And you mm -hmm. were probably what, 16 years old. Yep. Isn't that the best part when I think back about like summer jobs and you know, the, like, even I worked during the school year, I would wait tables or I would bus tables. And I used to work, remember in high school, I used to work at this place, kids cranks that was in the five towns of Long Island. Love and that basically place. what we did, it was amazing. We threw like kids' birthday parties and it makes me laugh to think that I really thought I was like rolling in dough back then. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, money was different. So. Money was different. And I also wasn't paying any of the bills. So like my mom was the one paying the mortgage and all the bills on the home and my phone. So my money was like, I saved my money. If I wanted to do anything, I tried not to ask my mom for things like that. So, like, when we were senior year, when we wanted to do after prom, I paid for my after prom. And that's what, like, I saved all year for. But I think about it now because I still kept bartending into my well into my 30s. Honestly, I really stopped after COVID. And I've done some random shifts since COVID. But once the, like, restaurants closed down, I was not into going back when they reopened. Getting my Saturdays back was huge, but I remember when I would tip out my bar back, who was, you know, 16, 17 years old, I would think like, wow, this kid, I just handed him like $200 sometimes on a Saturday afternoon. 
and he's 16 years old, $200 cash, God bless. So, you know, I for me, work is and always has been a necessary evil. I like things and you know, you gotta, gotta live. Keep, <laughs> I gotta live, you gotta keep a roof over your head. I like to eat, um, I like my wine. And all of these things, unfortunately, cost money. So while I would, I would love to have, to get to a point in my life where I'm like, they call it mailbox money. I believe that's what Chef on a Southern Charm calls it, where you just sit at home and the money comes in the mailbox. Um, God, that'd be so lovely. Right? One day, that's a goal for one day. But right now, I'm fucking working my ass off, I feel like. And I just thought this would be an interesting topic for us to discuss because you and I have totally different career backgrounds. And yet, we both kind of around the same time within a year of each other went through a very similar space with work where it was so toxic at our previous jobs that we just had to get out. And I thought it might be interesting to discuss that because I feel like we're not the only people who have that. So when you graduated from college, what, what was your work experience? What is your career that you've built up all these years? Oh, so when I graduated from college, I graduated with a degree in PR and advertising. And I saw myself being like one of those women in New York City who was super fashionable and, you know, had it all figured out and would be working for some really cool firm doing public relations. And that is not how things went. Um, (laughs) It sounds lovely. (laughs) It sounds lovely. Um, The dream. (laughs) The dream. I actually, what happened was I got out of college and a lot of the jobs that were available to me or that would hire me with zero experience were sales jobs. And I started working in this sales job in like the entertainment sector. I hated it, but they had offered me, there was room for like relocation or they had offices all over the country. And I, at the time I was 22 years old. I was super interested in, you know, see exploring what else was out there. I'd gone to school in Florida. And I think I always in my heart knew I wanted to end up living in New York. So it was really intriguing to me that this was a job that could take me elsewhere. And as much as I hated that fucking job, it at least got me to LA. And even though I didn't love LA, it was an experience. Once I got to LA, I think I lasted at that job maybe three months. And then I quit and I worked as a personal assistant to this like uber wealthy woman. And she was running a school um, for children with autism. It was a super small school dedicated to this one doctor's train of thought. It was very interesting. But because she was starting this school, there was a lot of fundraising and event planning that we had to do. So I got super into you know, marketing for this school and event planning for this school and fundraising that when I moved back to New York and went to a headhunter, all the jobs he was looking for at me were um, fundraising based and nonprofit based. And that is how I ended up working in fundraising and communications for private schools. I've been working now for 13 years in either development or communication advancement in some way for, uh, in the private school sector. What about you? When did you start? Like, what was your path from college? Um, I graduated the interior design degree and, uh, the recession hit. So oh, I took a look along. I took a little longer than you did, only because I transferred three different schools. Um, I I went to uh, Westchester University in Pennsylvania my first year. Loved it, so cute and charming. But okay. I just they were more education based, and it's not what I I didn't know what I wanted when I went there, and I knew that wasn't what I wanted. So I came back and went to Nassau Community College to not bleed my parents dry <laughs> and figure out my future. Um, I graduated interior, uh, what associates degree in interior design. And then at NYIT, I got my BFA. So my brother had a connection at Barney's New York in the city at their flagship door, went in for an interview and they took me. I started in sales. Um, and then I grew, I was the first Ralph Lauren specialist there. 
And I loved my experience with my corporate partner. And I knew that that's what I wanted my dream job. I like wanted, that was my goal when I so, got there. So that's interesting. Can I ask you went to school for interior design and then this fashion thing kind of fell into your lap. Do you now feel like fashion is like where you were meant to be or are meant to be, or do you ever miss the interior design aspect? I did a lot of visual merchandising in my roles. So okay. I did get a lot of my creative edge out um, by presentation, mannequins, the full displays. So I was able to to turn that into something that worked. And I loved fashion. I, I love it. I, I was in it for seven, eight years um, in the luxury side of things. Um, but it's not the same, you know. It's just not, it's not what it used to be. So I was working for, um, so I was a specialist for Barney's Ralph Lauren. I really loved that corporate partner. And um, since that's the role that I wanted, he said that Ralph Lauren internally grows. And so I joined the uh, mansion flagship store on 71st and Madison. And I worked there for three years as a sales associate. I did a lot of visual merchandising there because they had a huge layoff like the entire product presentation team got let, let go. They were really downsizing to make it more impactful. They didn't want to be sales driven business. They wanted to be a full price business. And so they had to, you know, really rethink what they were doing. Um, yeah. So I got to really enjoy it. And, um, and then I got promoted from there to wholesale brand manager and corporate and I ran, I was the only brand manager for luxury. Um, and I covered Saks, Barney's, Bergdorf's, and even Marcus. I, I've only been in men's. That was my whole fashion career was in men's. Um, and that, it was awesome. You, your day-to-day -day was totally different. You were traveling from store to store. You were interacting with um, your clients, internal, external. Um, and it was, it just, I had so much pride. I just, I loved it so much. And I was there for four years. I That was the job that I wanted from when I worked at Barney's. Um, so I actually got that dream job and I just was in heaven. And then COVID hit. I was furloughed for eight months and I uh, got laid off because I was a remote employee. And I was actually in conversation with Restoration Hardware, who now calls themselves RH, uh, which is a high-end luxury furniture business. And I was there for two years. And just recently, I decided to leave and try to figure out a path where I could really enjoy my passion and enjoy the job in a more specific way. And it just didn't have the advancements that I was looking for. And don't ask me what I'm looking for, because I'm still <laughs> trying to figure it out. A little inspiration for you. In my experience working in private schools, it's really interesting the people you get to meet. I have met so many people who are from all different walks of life, who a lot of them are career changers. So it always made me, it, I always liked that about working in my job is that I met so many people who started somewhere else and ended up here. And so I feel like that should be some inspiration for you that you know. I agree with you. When I hear those stories, I get, I, I, I love that. I love that someone yeah. can just, it, it just reinvigorates your life. It gives you new energy, that next phase yes. of putting your energy into something fresh and continue your passion in a different way. So I, I love it. And I have a lot, I, I, I was very successful. I enjoyed my entire experience. But I'm very yeah. happy to close the door in retail. I, um, you know, I just, it wore me out and my, rap, my morale was down and, you know, it was time to and say goodbye. And that's the way to live. You know, we right. spend at least, at a minimum, we spend 40 hours a week at our jobs. The reality is, you know, we get home, we take it home with us. We're still working. We're spending at least 60 to 80 hours a week thinking about work, if not actually working. You want to you want to at least like it. You want to at least feel inspired or feel, you know, you don't want to be miserable. I do like knowing that it is always, at least for me, inspiring to know that like nothing is final. Nothing's set in stone. Life can take these crazy turns that we don't even know are going to happen. And 
I, that get, kind of gives me, rather than anxiety, like I would think it would, it gives me like a, a calming feeling almost that like nothing is permanent. There's such a brighter end result from the unknown yeah. that it does make it so exciting to find out what that is. And granted, when you're in an industry for as long as I was, you become, you know, the heartbeat, you know, the in and outs, you really have done a lot of that experience. Right. So when you are starting over, you are literally like you're coming out of college, you're fresh out of the water, you are a newbie, and you have to learn that whole industry again. And all that energy that you put into one industry, it does get exhausting to switch. But there, that excitement of, of something new, that energizes you to not feel that, you know? So, yes. yeah, so we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Around the same time I was leaving, my job is around when you left your last job. I happened, it happened to work out for me that I was able to have another job lined up. But I had been looking. I was at my previous school for three years, I started looking that whole third year that I was there that summer. I like I started there in May of 2019, May of 2019. And then it also working in a school in the administrative side in communications during COVID was actually fucking terrible. And it was brutal. And especially because everything now everyone was just communicating so much. And now I'm on this other side of it where it's like, now how do we tamper down our communications and actually focus on them being effective rather than just over communicating? When I was there, it does, it really took its toll on me. There was, I don't think I even noticed it until I was out, but I, and I'm curious when you left, um, when you walked away, did you feel a sense of release? Because I, sense of relief, I have a friend who recently just let go or just, um, resigned from the previous school that I was at as well. And he reached out and he said to me, how long till you felt like better, like till you felt less stressed? And I said, almost immediately. Like mine, mine was, in, mine was instantaneously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like walking my- out of the building felt like, Oh my God, this sense of like a weight lifted. A hundred percent. I, I, my morale was so down and I felt so burnt out because the hours are so long and you're expected to stay longer. And look, when you're at a certain level, you, you do it. But when it's every day for months on end, um, you get so burnt out and you mentally are so drained. And I hadn't been in a role that was that demanding for Mm -hmm. what the role was. And, um, it, it, it just, it just became my every day became every month became too long of misery. And yeah, it just got it. And also, you know, you, when you have to, I think when you work with people, you really enjoy, it makes it better but when you start, when you start to have the butt heads, you know, and you start yeah. to not enjoy the people around you. Um, it starts, it, it has a big effect on your day to day and that normally would pull you out, but instead it just kind of buried me further in. So when I, right. when I walked out that door and I handed my phone and keys and I, and it wasn't that company, it was the whole thing. It just, I decided, oh my God, the relief, the, the weight, the, yeah. the instant, um, being able to breathe and, and not have that like suffocation yes. feeling was just so breathing invigorating. Felt easier. I yeah, it was totally so great. agree with you. Breathing felt easier. And it's funny that you say that about friends. I had these four women there that I'm still very much um, in touch with. And we're still close. And we, we try to get together like once a year now that I left. I have these four women that I'm in touch with. And we say all the time that we're like comrades in trauma. Like we <laughs> came out of this traumatic experience together. So and we bonded in this dramatic experience that we're always going to be close or we'll always like at least be in touch because it was, it was really wearing on my mental health for sure. My, um, I remember my therapist saying to me once that, um, she was like, I feel like now that I have my new job, we've started actually diving more into my personal life and She's like, do you notice how we hardly ever got a chance to ever speak about 
your dating life when you were at your old job because your 45 minute session was almost entirely taken up by the stress and the drama and the boundaries and the bullshit from work. And I was like, isn't that sick that most people go to therapy for like family and relationships and tremendous personal things. And I'm sitting here for 45 minutes, just cannot, can't handle this job. I can't do it. I do think you learn just as much from shitty experiences as you do from good experiences when it comes to work. I think you learn more from the shitty. Which is funny to think about that difference, how hungover I used to go to work in my 20s. And now I I won't even speak to someone past 7.30 p.m. on a weeknight. I'm like, no, no. Casey got out of her date last night. I'm like, I'm assuming it went well this morning because I didn't hear from you. And she's like, oh, no, I knew you weren't going to answer. It was late. <laughs> it was 10.30. There was no way. 10.30. I was, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I was long sleeping by 10.30. But in my 20s, I used to, how sick is this? In my 20s, I used to bartend on Wednesday nights. I would work from 8 to 4 in Manhattan, and I lived in Long Island. So my commute was like an hour and a half, I door to door. I would leave my house at 6.30 in the morning, get to work at 8, get home at 5.30, change, go bartend at night. And I would bartend till 2, 3 in the morning. And then wake up and go to work again the next day. I know. I when you when you used to do that because some of the times I was at your house. You lived in, in Long Beach with the with our friends, the girls. Yeah. Um, and we used to all just crash from being annihilated the night oh, out. You I would, would hate roll you guys. out. <laughs> you would roll out, and you would be zombie like, but you'd be all ready to oh. go, and you'd get on that train. You didn't miss it, and you would just. No. And then you would come come home and go back out. I don't know how you rallied, but you I you were like champ. Yeah, you I'm were there, you were good. There are so many Mondays that I can think of that I was just sitting at work at my desk thinking how much I hated you guys because I knew <laughs> all three of you would be sitting on the couch watching movies, ordering food. Yeah. And there I was at my stupid little desk, hungover as shit. So when I left that job, I felt like I'd learned a lot. I was there for a long time. I made some amazing friends. I mean, my mentor, my, um, he was, he basically kind of taught me or really showed me where I want to go with my life. And he was the first person to make me stop and think, you know, he kind of pulled me aside one day and was like, look, you're in, you're really smart, and I know that this may not think where you you may not be thinking this is where you want to go. But if you do see a future in this, you have one. So, I think it was his way of being like, so either get your shit together, or cut the shit you know, out. Keep, or keep fucking around. And pull it together, it was, Ryan. Pull it together. Yes. <laughs> but it was what I needed, and he became a mentor to me. And I, you know, I left that job and. When I left there, something I thought, I then, after I left, you know, I found out that I was being woefully underpaid, especially in comparison to, like, male counterparts. And so I went into this next job, like, yeah, brutal, thinking, no, I'm not going to take any shit. I'm going to do that. Like, I went in with this harder exterior, and I'm going to make, stake my claim, and blah, 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 I'm going to get all this done. And looking back, I do think I went in a little too hard and maybe ruffled some feathers. But then I took that with me to this job I'm at now where it was like, okay, don't maybe, and this is something that my mentor did give me advice for going into my last job. And I didn't quite take it until this one that he said to me in your first year, it's a learn at any new job, it's a learning experience. And he's like, and I know you, and you're going to want to go in there and you're going to want to change this and you're going to want to update this and fix this. And maybe all those things need fixing, but maybe some of them just need minor tweaks and they'll be okay. And he's like, and you're not going to know that if you just come in and try to make all these major changes. He's like, so you got to sit on your first year and got to learn as much as you can. And if you can make one major thing happen in your first year, then call it a success. And I've heard that too. And it's true. Yeah. It's so true. I think it's the best advice I've ever gotten. And it's safe to say we both had work experiences that were not the best that we've grown from. Um, but you mentioned earlier about how having friends at work or really like the people you work with can make it better. And I couldn't agree more. And I feel like we'd be doing ourselves and everyone listening a disservice if we don't discuss the importance of the work bestie. I've met some amazing, amazing people that, that 
I'm thankful yes. that I met regardless of the job that I still talk to. And you know, what's also funny is that when I first started at my first job, like years ago, you know, 14 years ago, when I started working in schools, I was very like purposefully, I would keep my personal life personal and my professional life there. Like I never talked much about my personal life. It took me a long time. I was there at that first job for, you know, eight years. And I want to say for the first three or four years, I didn't really divulge too much about myself. It wasn't until I, was I realized that. Like, really? Yeah. I learned that you keep personal and personal, keep business, business, because you don't know when the switch happens and then they have yeah. this info on you. Because at the end of the day, work comes first. And if they want a certain yeah. role or they want a certain advancement, that's what will happen. So I you have to really dissect and who really is really the person. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's also what's been such a nice breath of fresh from with this new <laughs> job compared to my last job is that while I said I had my, you know, my comrades in trauma in my old job with this new job, I came in and I haven't gotten the vibe that anyone there is like, you know, there's no target or that there's any like sneakiness or, and I'm sure there's some stuff going on that's everywhere. Um, you know, there's politics to everything, like you were saying, but I do really feel like I have a core group of people there that I trust and that I enjoy spending every day with. I have people to eat lunch with. At my first job, I remember no one ate lunch together. Everyone ate at their desk. And that was so weird to me. I'm like, and then everyone would go out for walks and like do their own thing. At my job now, I have like a lunch crew. I love my oh, lunch I, crew. I think I always had a lunch crew um, because I was. This is I, my you know, first lunch crew. Oh, it's it. There's nothing better when you have a scheduled lunch with your bestie and then. Yeah. And, and your whole week is packed or you do a back to back lunch and you just catch up and or you right. see each other and you're just smiling giddy and you're just like so excited to see this person and oh, you know yeah. you just join forces and just make magic there's nothing yes. better it's so exciting i you know earlier this school year i said some, something happened but i was like you know i came in today i was really i'm came in positive i want to have a good day i you know i listened to little wayne the whole drive here and they were like <laughs> love little wayne and I was like, yeah, you guys don't, what do you guys listen to when you're trying to get pumped? Like, I was trying to get pumped up, so I had my, my little wave bump in. My songs used to be from Cisco, so I love that you Oh, yeah, Wayne. that's your pump-up music? When I used I to go to soccer. Oh, yeah, Lil Wayne, Eminem. Um, oh, yeah, Eminem. Eminem's big. When I'm big. trying yeah, to get pumped, that's yeah. my go-to. This, this last job I had was my first group text with like the besties we created and we so this one guy the first guy I met walking into RH the first man that I met the first person I knew right away his energy everything I just knew we were gonna be best friends and he was the slow burner he was the kind of person he's the kind of person that like you meet him and he will be like stay the fuck away from me kind of energy until he can he gives like a fallback yeah, because he wants to observe you and then he'll let you in. And so okay. at one point, at one point I said to him, I said, look, I already know that we're besties and we're going to have this friendship. I get you're going to take some time to get there, but it's going to happen. So get with it. And he calls, we have a call every single week, he calls me on the way home from work and we still are close as thieves. So I, it's, I it's great. That. And and we, we created this group text and we call ourselves the Diamond Dogs. And we had, there's four of us and we just ride or die. We had the same kind of morals of work and, and life. And we just clicked. And every time we got together, just magic happened and we like slayed it at work. And so we would just pump each other up so much. And I just, we're trying to get a dinner going, but you no, know, it's impossible to get, it is you know, impossible. get them all together. Yes. Cause now we're like so separated, but I know, I know I, my old work crew, we literally have been texting for two weeks and we finally picked a date and it's like, it's gotta be a weekday. I'm like, guess I'm working from home the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Or the text of, do you want to go to lunch? And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. (laughs) Let's fucking go. Um, And then you have your spots. 
I had Serafina's and meatpacking oh, yeah. was my spot when I when I was at RH, and um, the, the the waiters knew me, so they would always say, "Hey, Casey." A diet oh, coke, no lemon, and spicy penny vodka, no greens. I said, "Yep." I didn't even have to order because they knew That's it was. Funny. We, were, we were regulars. You just need a work bestie, really. And I don't. I didn't indulge in the work bestie. I'll say until a bit later in my my work life, and I am very happy to have that because I mean, again, like we were talking before about all the time you spend at work, you're there so much. Honestly, you spend more time with your colleagues in most cases than you do with some members of your family. You see them oh. all the time. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen that um, that meme where it's like, office jobs are too funny because you'll be 23 and out drinking, you know, with your friends on the weekend and then suddenly you're like, oh shit guys, I gotta leave. I have Carol's 60th birthday party. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's so true. And I'm like, I'm not missing Carol's 60th, okay? I also love that when you have your work besties or your group and you're in these meetings, um, they hype you up. So they'll like bring up something and they'll, they'll say something great that you did or, um, and show you that acknowledgement or, um, when you do get the acknowledgement from your boss, they, they're like, they're cheering and clapping and so excited. It just, just, it just so, so warm and just awesome. I just... You know. Right. And it's funny how Great. you said before at your old job, there was someone how when you walked in, when he walked in, you knew like, oh, we're going to be besties. I feel like there's always like a moment when you know, like, oh, okay, this is someone I'm going to be cool with. Um, and it's interesting, like for me with one of my friends at my job now, it was like, I think it was her just being like super blunt and bitchy, but professional, like a professional bitch to someone. <laughs> and I was like, it it spoke to my heart. I was like, yes, this is going to be my friend. And then found out that she likes a cocktail too. I'm like, look at us. We are practically made for each other. Yeah. So I just love that moment when you realize that someone at work, like that's going to be, and it happens like in a genuine way. Cause in my opinion, there is nothing worse than like a work icebreaker or a forced team building event. Like if you have to force me to be friendly with someone, we're not friends. I'll be professional and courteous, but like the we're not friends. It's when you when I walk in, you want to talk about getting the sweats. When I walk in somewhere and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna do an icebreaker," I'm like, "Fuck!" I literally my mind. What's actually happening is I'm not thinking a fucking word about any. I'm not blank. listening to anything blank. else. You go blank. See, I blank. my mind is just run so much that I'm actually not listening to anything else. Anyone is anything anyone else is saying. I agree. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. My nerves, my nerves are wired. Yeah. And I'm like, me shit, too. what is an interesting fact about me? Well, what, like, I mean, maybe now my interesting fact will be that I don't know how to fucking whistle. I don't know. <laughs> this last job, they have these morning meetings every morning in front of the entire store. Oh. And every morning, the leader that runs the floor runs these meetings. Okay. And I, it was my first day. Okay. And yeah. of course, they introduce you because I was a leader. They introduce you and that was fine. I was only three days in. Now, at this point, when you're training and, um, and you're a leader, you're in meeting, 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 meeting. So you don't actually meet anybody in the gallery or in the stores. Oh, so okay. you are literally just behind doors it's like, for, for what, two like weeks. Orientations yeah. So you're just, okay. yeah. So you're just like literally not involved in the entire business. I was three days in. I barely met people. And he's like, you should run the, this meeting. And I, I'm like, how am I? Because it's all based on inspiring the team. And I'm like, what the right. hell am I supposed to say for a half an hour to these people who I've never even said hi know. to? I actually right. started, so he's like, I'll do it with you. And so I, I spoke a little bit, but I was petrified and I hated doing these meetings for like eight months. I hated it until I got like comfortable with it. But cause I don't love public speaking. I rather speak in small groups or one-on-one. I hate it. It's at my nerves and my anxiety and I second guess everything. Once I start going, I guess I do take off. 
but I will make fun of myself to break the ice, you know, like I will, yeah. I'll, yeah. But that's a natural icebreaker, you know, yeah. and that makes sense to me. But when someone, <laughs> when they do like, they ask questions. Ask, yes. Yeah. They ask questions. Always like, what's something we're going to go around and say something interesting about ourselves or like, what's another stupid one that I've heard? And I'm they, like, asked, I don't- they asked who, who, what actor would play you? Okay. I um, said Blake Lively. <laughs> oh, I love that for you. That's, that's I who I always, want. I always say Reese Witherspoon. I could see that um, also. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know which one I've gotten a lot to? If you could be a household appliance, what would it Or a household, like... What? Not necessarily appliance. Something, and I always used to say, like, a ladle, because <laughs> I can hold a lot. Um, stupid. <laughs> Uh, dead. I'm dead. A ladle. What I should have said is a KitchenAid because I'm always mixing shit up. Um. Okay, so I googled some fun icebreaker questions for work, and this is fucking hilarious because, again, like I said, if I hear the words icebreaker when I walk into any, a meeting, anything, I'm like, no. But. Are you, okay, here's the first one, and I think it's hilarious. Do you fold your pizza or cut it with a fork and knife? Okay, so I obviously prefer to fold it. I love a good fold. It just, it just, yummy. But I will do a fork and knife when it's dead hot. And then I will, and then I'll switch to a fold. But I, oh, I like a fold. Once you get past the flop, you'll switch to the fold flip to the bowl or when it like cools um, down a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> um this one's actually a good one pull out your phone what's your most used emoji okay. that would be let's see what's yours i don't feel like oh. i use this emoji a lot but it has a heart oh that's cute mine's the crying laughing face i do I use like that, that better i won't laugh this one actually, now for someone who hates icebreakers, I actually have asked this song on a date before. Um, you ready for this? If you were a professional baseball player, what would your introduction song be? Oh, God. I've actually asked that on dates before because I think, because I'm always, that's one of my favorite parts about going to a baseball game is hearing what they all pick for themselves. So I got asked during my ice breaking in this company what would be my theme song so it's kind of similar uh and i had similar. an answer i had an answer but i can't think of one right now off the top of my head which is crazy theme song, i think i'd go with like the friends theme song or something um but i think if i were a baseball player my introduction song would be like a millie a little way something like that or that middle child What's- j cole um uh, I don't Love know. I can't song. think of it right now. I don't know if I would be like a Spice right. Girl, Spice Up Your Life, or I can totally <laughs> see you walking out to Spice Up Your Life. Actually, <laughs> that's it, Casey. Stop thinking. We found it. <laughs> From now on, whenever you come over, I'm just gonna play Spice Up Your Life as you enter the room. <laughs> Shouldn't we be able to? walk into rooms with a an introduction song like baseball players do when they're up at bat. First off, I think yes, because how, how epic. We should start that. Second, I always felt that way in life. Like, you know, in these shows, the song changes based on the mood, if it's going to yes. get like sad or happy. Or yeah, I always wanted that internal version on everyday basis. I just always yes. wanted that. Which... Speaking the song. Of, yes, speaking of, I saw a study recently that said that like, I think it was that 50% of people or 40% of people walk around and have no inner dialogue throughout the day. So like they don't talk to themselves in the their guys, head. So I, my mom, she's like, she talks to herself out loud, you know, so you Me hear too. But she, that's something at work that they're always saying to me when I'm in my office. They're like, Ryan, are you talking to me? And I'm like, no, 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 just myself. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, my mom does that. My mom does it a lot. But if she's sitting there in silence and I'm with her, I say, I'm like, what are you thinking about? Because I just, oh, yeah. like, just in silence, she goes, nothing. And I'm like, what do you mean, nothing? nothing? Like, there's not even, there's not even like a thought, like a small little, like, 
where is your mind right now? She goes, nowhere. It's, and I, I don't, I, it's a, I can't fathom it because my mind races on I envy like a, a microsecond of a, like my mind yes. just continues so much. I it does not envy turn that. Off. Yeah. Because I am wild. constantly going. That's wild to me. I was like, wow, there are that many people out there walking around without an inner dialogue. Like who do they talk to all day other than themselves? Fuck. Like how do how how do you get through life without like having the conversation and working through it? You just like blanketly just say everything out loud. Like you know you got to work through everything. I don't know. It's crazy. I know. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna pick two more questions for this from this list because I just think it's funny. Um, Mm -hmm. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I've gotten asses too. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, my nephew, we play. My, and then my nephew, we play the car game and uh, we have to pick um, a superpower. So you have to like think oh, of that's something. Cool. Um, so I'm, one of them was I want to silence people. So I was a silencer. Love that. <laughs> but <The> also, <laughs> but um, I guess for, um, I don't know if it would be, I think maybe invisibility, being able to like turn, it. turn it on and off, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I think mine would be flying. I think I'd want to be able to fly or just like travel with like the, you know, like a snap of a hand. Yeah, I like, like that too. Uh, actually, I would switch that to being able to. If yeah, I want to be your one. house, if I want to be at your house right now, just snap or wiggle my nose like bewitched by Samantha, bewitched? Oh, and then yeah. just get on over there. I would love that. Yeah. Oh, Jumper, the movie Jumper with Hayden Christensen yes. and Rachel Bilson. I, I like yes. that skill. That's a good skill. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pick one more from this list for us because this is fucking hilarious. Um, who is the most interesting Disney character? Interesting. Right? Like, define interesting. I don't know. But I think the first person who came to my head was the genie from Aladdin. He's super interesting to me. Oh, yeah. I agree. He, Multifaceted. He, like, imagine... First off, he lived a very long time. He was a genie to yeah. like probably a billion people. I can't and he could do things. anything. Yeah. I mean his stories, I'm with you on that. I also think the parrot is quite interesting. Oh um, yeah. From Lion King or from Aladdin? I would say both. Oh, Lion King it was like a toucan or something, right? I probably got the animal. Yeah. But it's a bird of a sort. Yeah. But I also um, think the Aladdin bird was, it was great. It oh, was fun. amazing. Those were good icebreakers. I, some of them I've been asked, but not others. I do hate an icebreaker, but those were good ones. So if you're out there and you're looking for icebreakers, do good ones at the very least. I feel like this is the first icebreaker I actually had a lot of fun and enjoyed. hundred <laughs> percent. They're not this much fun, people, when no, you're doing when it. No, when I'm at work, it's a total blank, like you said. But here, I'm like, the ideas are flowing. Things are just flying off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have never really worked at a job that allows for working from home. Yes, I have. You have? Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts my, on working from home? I love it. So when I worked at Ralph Lauren for Wholesale for Corporate, um, okay. I didn't have um, a spot in the corporate offices cause I was a remote employee. Ooh. So they shipped me the computer, they shipped me the printer. And so I had to put a lot of presentations together. We had a lot of zoom meetings because we had brand managers in each state all over. And so, um, we, we were just constantly, I was constantly like half in the stores and then half home because of it. And I loved that. I loved my so day. So you were doing the zooming and all of that well before COVID is what you're telling us. Yeah, because we didn't have a team in the same location. Yeah. Less. I love that. For most people, this work from home culture didn't really become a thing until COVID. So I love that you were, you know, ahead of the game over there, Ralph. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> um, yeah, right? We're, in, we're innovative there. Um, now, at my, like, first job, they did mention it in but only when I had like a family thing going on, it was like, well, if you need to work from home, we can set you up, blah, blah. And I did like randomly, I think maybe two or three times took advantage of that. And then it wasn't until I got to my second job where they were like, 
also pre-COVID, there was people who worked from home like twice a week. And I was like, what's going on here? Why does everyone work from home? I thought we have to be in the office. I was so thrown by it. I wasn't into it until I did it. Then COVID happened and I was working from home and I was like, oh, I'm never stepping foot in that city again if I don't have to. <laughs> I'll, step in, I'll step foot in the city to see you now, Casey, but not for work. When I first got my taste of working from home and now I've been bit by the bug and I love it. There are, mm. even at my current job, like there are, there are times, yeah, there's like benefits to both. Like being in the office, you're around everyone. There's that. There are certain things where you're kind of, yes, that camaraderie. Yeah. There's certain things when you're working together where it's easier to just yell out of my door, out of my office door <laughs> to the next person to ask a question um, or to show up in someone's office. But even now, I still love it. Like, I love that I can go to a... You even have the option is great. Right. That I, when I'm you like, tell me you you're know, working from home on Friday, I'm like, what? Where is yeah. that job? Sign me up. I'm in. Well, it's great because I'm like, you know how much I get done? Because also you're, you just get so much done because I can throw my laundry in it and like set it, forget it. And, you know, on my lunch break, I can clean rather than, you know, bullshit, which I guess there's perks to both, but you just well, get because when done. you're working and when you're working from home, when you actually want to eat, you can eat while you're working because you're right. still doing it and you could sit there. So you could take that hour to work out, do whatever, you know, and take that for what it is yeah and also like as much as it's fun to like chat and hang with your friends at work when you're working from home no one's popping in and bothering you or like yeah you get a lot more you done from your work you get so much done. so i'll usually like there's certain projects that i'll purposely save when i know i have like a work from day coming up i'll purposely save some products so i'm like oh that'll be a good one for me to do to write and to do that when i'm home and no one can bother me yeah i get that I'm looking for a job now and I would love a remote job, but Ooh. I don't know what skill set I have to do a remote, job. a remote job. Right. Cause everything I've done is always in person yeah. or visually in person. So yeah, you're going to find I gotta it. Figure I know out, you are. I got to figure out my computer flex. <laughs> yes. I know. Well, I think that, you know, we have survived some shitty things. We've survived some amazing work experiences and we've survived some dreaded interview processes and icebreakers. But I think today's episode really gave us hope in that if we can have fun doing an icebreaker, we can pretty much do anything. We, we pretty much can conquer the world, obviously. <laughs> so thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, see you when we're ruling the world. Uh, and, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Stay tuned. <laughs>